comfortable leading the meeting until we have a chair uh, on sure. our first item as our senior commissioner, Mr. Weiss. The oldest? <laughs> I meant longest tenured. I was not implying anything else. Okay, well, it is um, 8.15 on May 5th, and uh, I've called a meeting, our City Civil Service Commission meeting, uh, open. Um, first item on the agenda would be the selection of a commission chair, and I nominate Pam Rose. I'd, I'd like to nominate you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think as a senior commissioner, I've uh, already made that. <laughs> Do I second the motion <laughs> to, be, to be the chair? That seems kind of like a conflict of interest. I, I don't think so. I think... Uh, I don't think we'll need to do a recount or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no election fraud here. In <laughs> all sincerity, I, I've been a commission chair in the past. I think it's good to pass that uh, privilege around. And uh, with that, I would, would strongly encourage you to accept the commission chair at this time. Okay. And I will turn the gavel. <laughs> <laughs> so can we record that you seconded Rick's motion, Anne? Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Do we have to actually vote? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, this is the agenda right, yeah. right there. Okay, um, next item is consider motion to dismiss a civil service complaint. And um, You want to speak to your motion, Jennifer? Right. So, um, as I said, my name is Jennifer Schrigrath. Mm -hmm. I'm an assistant city attorney in the city attorney's office. Um, so, we're here on the determination of the city's motion to dismiss. Um, and I think you have a copy of the motion as well as the attachments, and then... And then in addition, um, yes, so that complaint would have been filed by Officer Puentes, and then after that, the city filed a motion to dismiss, and there's attachments to that motion to dismiss in that packet as well. So just to kind of... Um, summarize a few things. Iowa Code Section 400.20 governs the time frame for an appeal to the, to the commission and provides that the removal, discharge, demotion, or suspension rights may be appealed to the Civil Service Commission within 14 days after the removal, discharge, demotion, or suspension. So it's a firm 14-day deadline. Um, the complaint that Officer Puente filed with the commission was filed on April 27, 2022. So I think for purposes of 400.20, that would be considered the appeal to the commission and the date again was April 27 of 2022. Uh, the city, so we then filed a motion to dismiss that complaint as untimely um, because Officer Puente resigned from his position as a police officer on February 3 of 2022. And there's a exhibit A that's attached to that motion to dismiss. And as you can see, that's the letter of resignation that was signed by Officer Puente on the February 3rd date. And then it was also accepted by Chief Liston on that date. Um, on that date, uh, Officer Puente, so February 3rd, I'm still talking about returned most of his city property um, and the remaining city property was retrieved from him the following day. It's the city's position that it was pretty clear that Officer Puente knew 
on February 3rd, he wasn't going to be returning to work in the Iowa City Police Department. Um, we've also attached an Exhibit B to our motion to dismiss, and that is a, an amendment to a training reimbursement agreement. And for purposes of the timeliness issue, I just kind of address you to the top of that document. Um, it includes language um, that Officer Puente had resigned and his employment had come to an end with the city of Iowa City. And that document was signed by Officer Puente and returned on February 18 of 2022. Um, so just kind of for reference, we're using that February 3rd 2022 date as the date of um, resignation given the letter the return of the property and then obviously the subsequent follow-up with that agreement and 14 days after uh, February 3rd is February 17th now there was some correspondence after um, that officer Puente's attorney sent to chief Liston requesting um, the chief to rescind the resignation. That's um, identified in the complaint filed by Officer Puente as well as it's addressed in our motion to dismiss. Um, that is filed, that letter was sent later and then <clears throat> there was a response from the city attorney's office from the city attorney indicating um, you know, that we were not going to, to rescind the resignation. And it's my understanding that the complaint is sort of indicating that that 14-day deadline restarts from the time that um, after they asked and then it was denied to rescind the resignation. Of course, our, our position is you, you can't restart the 14-day deadline at some point after 14 days by you know sending a letter asking to rescind the resignation and when that's denied, then restart the timeline. Can you restate that just because you lost me? Sure. So, right. When, when the uniform or when the equipment was subsequently retrieved, at what point was it that there was an indication that he wanted to rescind that letter? Yep, let me get the dates out April of April 13th. Yes, so on April 13th, uh, Officer Puente's attorney sent a letter to Chief Liston, and in the letter it said that they were making a written request to rescind Officer Puente's letter of resignation and reinstate his employment. So that was sent to Chief Liston on April 13th. On April 15th, uh, the city attorney, on behalf of the chief, declined the request. And so if you, if you refer to the complaint um, in paragraph five that's filed by Officer Puente, it indicates council's letter of April 15 affects an end to employees' employment with the city. Uh, you know, our position is, you know, that's, that's not the date that you would use for your 14-day timeline. Um, because it's essentially just restarting the timeline and Officer Puente had notice on February 3rd that he was not returning to work. And so that's when his notice, if he had a complaint or an appeal to file with the Civil Service Commission, 
that is the timeline that would be used. Um, in addition, we do address in our motion that, um, you know, I'm not sure how relevant it is to the timeliness issue, but there is case law that once a resignation is accepted, um, you know, trying to rescind that is of no legal effect. And so that's cited in our motion to dismiss. Um, it's the Harbor versus Woodbury County case that has held that any attempt to withdraw a resignation after it's been accepted is of no legal effect. Where can I find the reference to that? Yep, so if you're in the motion to dismiss, and it's on the second, it's in paragraph seven on the second page. So that would be, yep, so the second page of that document okay. in paragraph seven. Okay. So for today's purposes, we're asking that you make a pre-hearing determination um, and grant the city's motion to dismiss for lack of jurisdiction because of a failure to timely file. Again, I think it's pretty clear that Officer Puente knew on February 3rd, 2022 that he wasn't returning to work. Um, and regardless of how we characterize the separation, so if it was a resignation, if it was a termination, if it was a constructive discharge, I mean, the city's not conceding those things, but it, it, whatever it was, he knew that it happened on February 3rd and he wasn't returning. Um, and for those purposes, we, that's the date that you would start the 14-day timeline and the complaint being filed on April 27 is obviously past the 14 days after February 3rd. Um, so again, we just ask that you dismiss the complaint for lack of jurisdiction due to the failure to timely file. Yes, nothing, nothing further from the city. Thank you. Okay. Um, Mr. Sand? Thank you. Um, uh, on the motion to dismiss, I would like to offer some testimony from Officer Puente. May I do so at this time? I mean, the city would object. I don't think that it's necessary and appropriate to take evidence on a pre-hearing motion to dismiss. I think it's a legal issue for the commission to consider. I would respond that the city has offered evidence and has asked the commission to consider its evidence. We should be able to offer our evidence. Yeah, I'm inclined to think in, just in terms of fairness. I'd like okay. to hear both sides. Um, and we're going to go into part, but not all of the story, but we feel the need to go into part of it as it you know, affects this motion, okay? Um, could you please state your name for the commission? Yeah, my name is Emilio Puente. And did you serve as a police officer for Iowa City? I did. When did you start that job? In April of 2019. Okay. And um, on November 21st last year, were you injured while working? I was. Could you just tell us very briefly? I guess I would object that this would not be relevant to the timeliness issue of the filing of the complaint. Um, I think this testimony may be more appropriate um, should the commission deny the motion to dismiss f 
for the actual hearing if that's where we end up. But at this point, I, I don't think it's appropriate for the okay. timeliness issue. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm sorry, we're not allowed to give the context in which the resignation was given as part of our arguments against the motion to dismiss? Well, actually, I guess you are. Okay, I'll continue then. Um, just very briefly, couple sentences, what happened when you were injured? Yes, sir. I, uh, I was responding, uh, basically I broke up a fight in a bar on the southeast side of Iowa City. I was affecting an arrest and I was kicked in the leg. Um, okay, and? I, I guess I'm, I'm gonna object again. I understand that, um, I, I just, I don't think this goes to the timeliness of the filing of the complaint. Let me ask you a procedural question. If we deny, our, if we grant your motion to dismiss, what recourse does the officer have? And I don't think I can give the commission legal advice because I represent the city. So I think that's something that um, the commission would have to get the legal advice from their own counsel. It's not really legal advice, it's just information. I mean, it's just a fact. Can he appeal this somewhere or are we the final? I mean, if we uh, allow you to, your motion to dismiss. I do believe, let me take a look at chapter 400. And I would have done homework on this had I gotten the attachment, which I didn't. I believe it was attached, it was attached to the agenda. The agenda. Mm. I, yeah, I had the same difficulty. I mean, I found it eventually, but I had to really scroll through. Okay, sorry about that. that that's, it, it's not, it's a technology. Yeah, right? I, yeah, exactly. Can we possibly limit the discussion to specifically the circumstances surrounding the resignation? I, I promise I'm not going to go on and on. I really promise I'm going to cut to the chase. I've got to give some context to this resignation <coughs> before I give you my arguments as to why we should be heard on the merits. Okay. Could I proceed? Uh, yeah, since okay. I don't know what the procedural posture is after okay. this. Thank but. you. Um, so on November 21st when this happened, were you an officer in good standing with the city? I was. Okay. Now, you had been disciplined one time, is that correct? Correct. Uh, and that was, in again, two sentences, what was that? A pursuit, uh, which was out of policy. Oh, pardon, pardon me? A pursuit, but uh, oh, okay. that was out of policy. That's what I was disciplined on. Okay, and the discipline consisted of? A day suspension. One day, okay. Um, now, on February 3rd, you had a meeting with the chief, is that right? That's correct. And uh, you were, at that time, still pretty laid up by this injury? Yes. In, in what way? I, um, I'm technically still supposed to be using crutches, but I was on crutches and uh, on several different medications for the pain. Okay. So you, you really had to be on crutches at that yes. time? Okay. Because that was three months ago? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and you had been called to this meeting uh, because of a disciplinary investigation, is that right? That is correct. 
and that concerned an arrest that had happened before your injury on November 7th? Correct. Okay. And in that arrest, uh, again, just a couple of sentences, mm -hmm. what had happened in that arrest that was controversial? There was a fight downtown. I was affecting an arrest with another officer. The um, suspect became assaultive and I used striking. Uh, so I uh, striked him twice on his face. With your fist? With my fist. Okay. Um, had that been reviewed that same day with your commanding officer? With Lieutenant Stevens, yes. Okay. Um, so as of November 21st, you were in good standing. Correct. And you didn't know of any problems that management thought were stemming from the November 7th incident? Correct. Okay. But later on, an investigation started <coughs> that led to this meeting on February 3rd? Correct. Okay. Now, when you went into the meeting on February 3rd, did you have uh, any notion from management or the union reps that were with you that this was going to be the end of your employment that day? No, not, not prior. Okay. And you had a meeting with the chief? Yes? Yes. Okay. And then after the meeting, one of the union reps spoke to the chief and came to talk to you? Correct. Okay. And what were you told at that time uh, on the afternoon of the 3rd? I was told that I have until 3.30 to send in my resignation or else, uh, in his words, they'll go across the hall, meaning that I would be fired. Okay. So it was resign or be fired that very day? Correct. And at that time, you're disabled from work injury? Yes, yes sir. Uh, I think you had returned to a, some partial day desk work, is that right? Correct, I was on four hour days uh, doing administrative duty. Okay, but you were receiving your full pay because of work disability? Correct. Okay. <clears throat> so when this was the message, uh, what did the union reps you were with tell you that you should do? Uh, they gave me very strong advice to resign for several reasons. Okay. Um, one of the reasons was because if I were to resign and get another job outside of law enforcement, it wouldn't look as if I was fired. They said I wouldn't have to explain it. And then they also said that if I resign, or if I am terminated, my likelihood of getting a job in law enforcement would be minimal to none. And if I resign, there's a strong likelihood I could go back into law enforcement. My leg gets better. Had this meeting been brought about by any citizen uh, not by the uh, suspect. Okay. Um, and you did submit a letter of resignation at that time, is that right? Correct. Okay. But this was a two-hour time frame you were given to make this decision? Yes, sir. And no one said that this is going to cut you off from disability pay from your ongoing injury? No, they did not. And leave you without any income at all? They did not. Um, did it take some time after this happened before you were able to, you know, think about it and locate some counsel to have a discussion? Yes, sir. And 
you came and, and called Ryan and me to discuss this. Correct. Okay. And we sent a letter on your behalf to the city asking them to rescind your resignation. Yes, sir. That's uh, on the, I believe it was the 4th or the 5th, I asked my union rep to also do the same thing. He said that the chief would not allow it. I'm sorry, the 4th and 4th, 5th. I, I can't remember exactly when, but it was uh, within that next week. I asked my union rep to uh, rescind the letter. Of what month? February. The same, but that week after. So within a day or two, yeah. you were you Correct. were regretting this. Yes. But no one would even send a letter. We, we sent a letter. Correct. Yeah, okay. they, they, he said that he would go talk to the chief and called me back and said, the chief said that he would absolutely not allow it. And our letter is the one dated April 13th that was mentioned by the city attorney. Yes, sir. When did you contact the, when were you contacted by the officer? Not long before that. Before April 15th? Before April 13th. April 13th, okay. When we sent in the letter. Okay. Um, now, until we sent in the letter, had you ever heard the phrase dis constructive discharge or knew what that meant? I did not. That's the testimony I wanted to present that I thought was pertinent to the issue of the motion to dismiss. Uh, counsel might want to cross-examine you on a few points, okay? Okay. Do I have permission to cross examine? Yeah, sure. So, do you recall being served with a notice of predisciplinary hearing on February 1 of 2022? Yes. And do you recall, did that notice indicate that you were entitled to representation by an attorney, a union representative, or other department employee? I believe so. Okay. And so, you received that on February 1, 2022, <coughs> correct? Correct. And that was prior to your February 3, 2022 meeting with the chief? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And regarding um, the, the issues that were part of that February 3rd, 2022 meeting, had you been interviewed prior to that date regarding those issues? Yes, I had two uh, IA, uh, Internal Affairs uh, meetings over that issue. Okay. And do you recall when those meetings took place? on December 13th and January 13th. So you were aware what the issues or the content of the February 3rd, 2022 meeting was, um, given you had those prior IA interviews? Over like the context of the, like, what the discipline was about? Correct. Correct, yes. Okay, and then you also, in that notice of predisciplinary hearing, in addition to advising you of your right to an attorney, did it also indicate, um, you know, what the facts were that the chief was reviewing of the incidents and what the policy, policy violations were? I don't exactly recall. Okay. Do you recall at any point receiving any documentation regarding the policy violations? Yes. And it was regarding the incident. I believe you referred to it as November 7th, but I do believe it's November 12th. Oh, um, yes. Okay. I might have had my dates wrong. Okay. I 
thought it was November 7th. So you, um, on February 3rd, when you submitted the letter of resignation um, and returned most of your property, did you understand that you weren't going to be returning to work in Iowa City? Yes. And you indicated that there was a union representative <coughs> that you asked to rescind um, your resignation, is that correct? That is correct. And who was that? Officer Colin Fowler. And this would have been after February 3rd? Correct. It would have been either, I believe it was either the 4th or the 5th. Okay. And it was your understanding that your resignation was accepted by the chief on February 3rd? Yes. The city has no further questions. I don't think I have any redirect. I'd just write, go, like to go right to my argument if I could sure. about this situation. Uh, I do thank you all for meeting today and hearing us um, about this case. Uh, obviously, your first decision you have to make is whether to dismiss our request for a hearing on the merits of adverse employment action against this officer um, based on the motion to dismiss because of the claim that uh, our petition for a hearing on the merits is untimely. Uh, certainly, the city attorney has a firm basis for moving to dismiss. Um, I understand the need for deadlines, deadlines that have meaning. Um, if deadlines are drained of all meaning, then there are no limits to legal action. And of course, that's not very workable. Um, and I understand about wanting to prevent uh, the ability to just run around and restart deadlines with a new letter. I understand all of that. But I do ask this commission not to race quickly to dismiss the matter, but to consider these points. First, I think the city attorney will like to leave you with the impression that you have no power to do anything but dismiss this, and that you couldn't overrule this motion and proceed to the merits even if you wanted to. But I don't think that's the case. And that's because unless a limitation period specifically says it cannot ever be extended, then it can be extended by the authority that oversees the case. A good example of the sort of deadline that does not get extended, I just throwing out an example, is in Chapter 17A of the Iowa Code. That's the chapter that allows people to appeal administrative decisions into the courts. So if you get a final decision from a city commission that makes a judicial type decision, or a decision from one of the departments of state government, like an unemployment decision, you can appeal that decision into the courts and have them review what's been done below. But in 17A, you have 30 days from the decision to file your appeal. And that deadline language says the filing must be made within that time. And it also says in a different place that the filing is jurisdictional. So that's, the, that's a prime example of the sort of deadline that can't be extended, it can't. It says must, and it says compliance with the deadline is jurisdictional. That means that the court with which it is filed doesn't even get jurisdiction over the matter unless those requirements are met first. Chapter 400 of the code, which provides for civil service commissions at the city level, contains no such language. 
It says an appeal may be filed within 14 days. It says nothing about that filing being jurisdictional. Therefore, we would argue that under the way the Iowa Code sections are interpreted, we would assert this commission has the power to extend the deadline if it finds good cause for doing so. What might good cause be? <coughs> I want to talk about two possibilities there. First, you may consider that the deadline doesn't need to be extended because the filing was made within 14 days of the city's refusal in writing to rescind the purported resignation dated February 3rd. Our request to rescind was made on April 13th. It was refused in writing by the city attorney on the 15th, and this filing was made on the 27th, 12 days later. So you could rule that this is a timely filing. Now, the city will argue that the end of employment happened back on 2-3, and that the employee cannot restart the 14-day clock simply by sending in a request to rescind a resignation. At the same time, though, the city wants this commission not to consider the resignation itself as an adverse action that was appealable. I don't think the city can have that both ways. If the resignation is not an adverse action, then refusing to rescind the resignation most certainly is an adverse action. If the request to rescind had been granted, then employment would resume and there would be no need for an appeal. The city has pointed to a court case stating that the city doesn't have to rescind resignations when requested. And that's true, they don't have to. But that doesn't mean that refusal to rescind a resignation is not an adverse action. It certainly is. Now the city attorney might say, well, Mr. Sand, aren't you trying to have things both ways? Uh, aren't you saying that the purported resignation of February 3rd was a wrong done to the officer? that it was coerced or a constructive discharge or given under duress. And I would say, yeah, if I'm allowed a hearing on the merits, you bet I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer evidence and argue that. Absolutely. However, I don't believe I'm trying to have things both ways. I would, I would happily join such an argument. I'm just trying to make sure as much as I can that this young man gets the merits of what happened to him examined fairly and responded to on the merits. It is our position that he was treated badly on February 3rd, more than 14 days before we made a filing here. But I would say first that there's nothing wrong and much that is right with communicating with the city before coming here just to make sure that a hearing is necessary to ask for. I asked them, do you want to do right by this officer or continue to act in this fashion? And the act answer was they would not revisit the way he was treated on February 3rd. But in the end, I do say that there are a number of good reasons why this commission should extend, and commissions do extend deadlines in situations like this. The most common reason to extend a limitation period is called the discovery rule. A person has a right to seek, a person with a right to seek a remedy that has no knowledge about their cause of action until a later time doesn't have their limitation period start until they know they have a cause of action. In situations like that, courts decide that they will not start the limitation period until the plaintiff discovers the cause of action. I have a question. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with the extension of the essentially statute of limitations for right. tort cases. Right. Do you want that, that standard applied to this administrative employment action? That's what I'm asking the commission to consider doing, okay? 
and I would argue that the Commission has the power to do that if, if it believes that it simply has to uh, decide this based on the date of February 3rd. Um, we assert that this purported resignation was a constructive discharge, that being told to resign or be fired with no chance you know, in that two-hour period to fully understand the situation, not knowing that this is going to cut off your income and leave you high and dry. It's the same as being fired, which is obviously an adverse employment action. Um, this officer did not know about the constructive discharge uh, doctrine of employment law, uh, and he was, you know, un, uh, unaware and un. Uh, advised about the whole good standing issue with his disability uh, income and so we assert that he should not have his time period run until he's gotten the kind of counsel that can advise him of these things and act on it. Uh, now the, the chief and the city would claim that they don't have a duty to brief the officer on every little argument the officer can make before the officer, before the chief takes employment action or makes a stand about what he's going to have in his department and insist on resignation or a separation or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I understand that there's always a balance in these things. I just look at, for example, the unemployment system in Iowa as a, a system that strikes a pretty good balance. When you make a claim for unemployment, you get a notice that says, okay, the employer has this many days to respond, and if they contest, then there's going to be a phone interview. Then you get notice of the phone interview saying, be at this number at this time, and we're going to ask you questions about it. And then after that, you might get an award of unemployment benefits, and the award says the employer has this many days to appeal and get an ALJ hearing and then you get notice of the hearing, and every time there's an interaction with the system, it tells you in very, it, it tells you in the kind of detail that could answer any question you might have about the procedures involved, what you have to do to follow the procedures. No one's left in the dark by any of these letters, if you've ever seen one of these things. It, it, there's a whole paragraph that describes all of the procedures that uh, attached to the situation and I just think that that's not too much clarity to demand from a system when you have an officer who served for the better part of three years putting himself out there uh, uh, to serve his community and provide public safety and he's been injured by uh, you know a vicious arrestee on the job and he's still on crutches and we're going to put him in a situation where it's quit or be fired in a two-hour period um, and you know he's someone who only much later understood that you know an argument could be made this is a constructive discharge and so we would assert that the five the motion should be overruled for one of these reasons I've given and the Commission should schedule a hearing on the merits of this matter. Thanks, thanks very much. Um, you, you mentioned the uh, chapter that allows a 30-day uh, appeal window. Just as an example, yeah. He, if, the, um, if there was a 30-day window, he didn't make that either. 
Right. That was just an example of the kind of deadline that can't be extended. Okay. Because it says right in there, the filing must be made, and the <coughs> filing is jurisdictional, meaning the, the entity okay. with which you file it doesn't even get jurisdiction over the matter to even say anything about it unless you follow these things first. And that Chapter 400, which deals with a civil service commission, doesn't have language like that. And okay. I would argue that that gives this commission uh, the <coughs> discretion to extend the deadline. So the, the deadlines, are, are they defined by union contract or city policy or...? It's defined by that code section that okay. I have cited in my motion, okay. so the 400.20. Okay. Um, I have it in there. Let me just double check, but I think I have the entire 400.20 recited there. Um, yeah. So 0.10? Yeah, 0.10. Yes. Um, well, the entire code section is actually cited in paragraph 9, and then, of course, I'm just re um, referring to a portion of it in paragraph 10. So if you want to see all the language, it's in paragraph 9. It's the language in quotes. So that's the language that comes out of 400.20, and that would be what applies to civil service commission proceedings. Okay, I'm not sure if this requires legal advice or not, but if we grant the motion to dismiss, what is your next step? Um, well, we would likely make an attempt to appeal that uh, probably to the district court <coughs> and try and get a, a hearing on the merits of what happened here in some uh, forum somewhere. If if um, our decision is appealed and overruled, does it come back to this commission? Is the hearing then before us? I'm not sure procedurally if okay. the district court would then hear it or if the district court would remain. It probably sort of depends how the um, <coughs> petition or whatever is filed by Officer Puente, what relief is asked for in the district court. I suspect they would kick it back to the Civil Service Commission. Is there any precedent on this? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. There's not a whole lot of precedent on mm -hmm. what we're dealing with here. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so the issue is, do we comply with the strict procedural deadline or do we apply some other standard and say that um, the appeal was filed, if not timely, in a way that was, that should, we, should, we should ignore the procedural requirements and offer a hearing on the, on the facts. Yeah. Can, can I say just one more thing to the commission? I'm sorry, I should have said this before. Um, I also have at least a small concern about the fact that we don't have a full commission. The commission is supposed to have three members. So I just, I wanted to state on the record that if the commissioners were to happen to split uh, one and one and rule that we can't move on to the merits of this because there's not a majority in favor of moving to the merits, 
then I would be forced to kind of argue that the commission isn't properly constituted currently. Uh, if, if both commissioners uh, granted the motion to dismiss, then obviously a third commissioner would not have made a difference. Uh, but I just wanted to put that out there as another possible yeah, issue. I thought of that. Yeah. Um, I think we need to confer. Do I do have a couple other yeah. additional questions. You sure. mentioned that he was on some medication. Yeah. Did that have any impact on your ability to make a decision regarding your appeal process? I was not supposed to be driving or anything on the medication I was on. Uh, couple of narcotics. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not curious. I, I guess m my main question is, did that have an impact on your ability to, to rationally understand that you were resigning or that there may be an appeal process in place? I, it was a little while ago, but I do remember when I walked into uh, at least the first IA meeting and maybe all of them that were recorded, I always mentioned that I was on medication. So if I slurred my words or <coughs> had trouble processing thoughts, that was because I was just sluggish from the medication. And prior to this, you're on light duty, working four hours a day? Correct. And you were able to function in that capacity? I uh, went home multiple times throughout the whole process. They started me on eight hour days and then the doctor quickly took me down to four hour days and told me that whenever I have pain or feel um, if I can't walk or anything, then just go home. So I had, so not really to answer your question. Okay. I think so, he's so wondering what they had you doing. What did they have yeah. you doing? Oh, um, I was scanning in documents okay. and then putting them in little folders on the computer. And at what point did you rationalize that there may be an appeal process here? Or come to that understanding? When I spoke with my attorneys. Which was when? April. So when I finally was able to talk to an attorney okay. uh, that would hear me out and listen to the case, it was April. What inspired you to do that, take that step? I attempted to take that step after I wasn't able to resign. I just spoke with several people who uh, had contact with different attorneys, so I called their offices and okay. played a long waiting game. And then when they told me that they were too busy, I went to uh, my family's attorney, uh, who then became a judge. So then she said she couldn't take it, so then she recommended them. Okay. He was asking around during February and March. Yes. I think what you're wondering, and and we, we don't deny that. He was asking around okay. in February and March. And then my, the other question that I had is, what was your expect, when you offered your expect, or your resignation letter, what was your expectation as to what would happen? I was under a lot of emotional stress, um, obviously, when I, Understood. so I wasn't really thinking about what would happen. I was just um, listening to the advice of uh, my Union reps saying that if I didn't do this, then I wouldn't. It, it would obviously tarnish my resume because I would. It would show that I was fired. Then if I ever wanted to get back in law enforcement again, um, they basically said that it would. There, there was a. He said there was a strong likelihood that they would pull my. Uh, well, they would look into pulling my uh, uh, certification. 
And then if I resign, it wouldn't really have that much impact. And, then, and were you decertified? I was not. Okay, and um, <clears throat> I guess getting back to my, my main question, when you offer a letter of resignation, do you have expectation of continued compensation? For my injury, yes. But, but nothing was ever explained, so I guess I didn't really know. And I guess my, my final question is, the, the code as it's cited here says, remove a discharge, demotion, or uh, suspension of a person holding the civil service rights may be appealed to the Civil Service Commission within 14 calendar days. I guess when I read that, and I'm not an attorney, but when I read that, that implies that you have a, a limitation of 14 days to file that appeal. Is there... Is there some case law that I guess I don't, I'm not aware of, or am I misreading that? I, I don't think you're misreading it. My argument is that it's not as hard and fast as that, that there are, that there is a power within this commission to extend that deadline if the circumstances justify it. We would assert first that the refusal to rescind the resignation could be seen as the adverse employment action. That would mean that the filing was timely. Or in the alternative, that the commission should exercise its power to extend a deadline uh, based on the specific facts of this case. And I guess the city's position, which I think is clear is that you know you can't restart the deadline by sending the letter I think that is a really slippery slope um, you know that just would not you know obviously is something that we would not advise doing um, and, and then I think the other issue is I think going to the good cause I think what I'm understanding the argument to be is that there wasn't notice or officer Puente didn't have time or um, to seek legal counsel or wasn't aware of all of his legal remedies. And I guess the city's response to that would be, um, you know, there was some notice. I mean, he did get a notice on February 1 indicating that um, he had a right to be represented by an attorney. Um, he had been under investigation for the matter for a few months. He was aware of that. Um, you know, I know it probably may be difficult to find an attorney, but Again, I think that's another slippery slope to say, well, we're going to find good cause um, when you know somebody doesn't fully understand all their legal rights and hasn't been able to find an attorney within the time frame. Um, obviously, I think those are also kind of fraught with the um, ability for misrepresentation and, and ways to extend deadlines. And I'm not implying that was done here at all, but I think um, when you're trying to interpret things that you then want to be consistent with going forward, I think that those are both very dangerous um, things to do when you have, and I know there's been some references to other Iowa Code sections, but I guess I would encourage you to focus on the 400.20 because that's the one that applies here. So you're asserting that the date of the adverse employment action it was the date that he was not allowed to rescind his resignation, not February 3rd. Um, I'm, I'm asserting that both qualify as adverse employment actions. I think you have the power to view the refusal of the letter of April 13th to be an adverse employment action. 
that makes the filing timely. I think you also have the power to view the events of February 3rd to be a constructive discharge uh, where discovery of that fact by the employee at a later time extends the deadline. Now, I, 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 w I want you to know, I think that city attorney makes good arguments and, and I really respect the slippery slope you know, floodgates arguments that, that she makes that she's worried about. I really understand all that. But what I want to stress to this commission is that what makes this different is the officer is on disability for a work injury that's completely unconnected with this discipline. And that's what makes this different. There's nobody out there that we've seen worrying about the interplay between the discipline and the work injury disability that is still affecting this young man. You should have seen him walk into the building. He's not walking right. Thankfully, he is getting a little better. He's not on crutches. But this is important stuff. We have people in dangerous situations that, that we, we need to be out there dealing with problems. And the risk that they take is that they're going to get injured doing this. And that's what happened to this young man. And that simply has to be taken into account when we're dealing with this. I can tell you that in workers' compensation, outside of police and fire, there's no way on earth that employment ending while you're on work comp would cut off your benefits. <clears throat> that just would never happen. That's not the way it works. But we're being told here, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we have an officer on disability at the time, and we can either tell him quit or be fired and stop his benefits. That's what we want to have dealt with in, in the filings we're making and the arguments we're trying to make. So, again, those are our arguments for why the motion to dismiss should be overruled. But I, I really thank you for hearing us at, at length about this. Um, question. As you um, propose giving the commission authority to extend the deadline, is there any limit on that? I mean, how long, how long would the commission have to, or how long would a, a complainant have if we agreed to extend the deadline all the time? Well, um, I would say that there's no hard and fast limit in the court precedent that you will find out there, but you definitely get a sense like the longer uh, a decision-making body is being asked to extend a deadline, the more skeptical they are. Um, I've, I've seen discovery rule cases where tribunals are being asked to extend a limitation period by doubling it, uh, tripling it from two years to six years because I didn't discover such and such. And those tribunals get very skeptical when you have what is already a fairly healthily long limitation period to file and you're being asked to extend an already long deadline by doubling it or tripling it. So there's really no hard and fast rule, but you get a sense like there is kind of a common sense outer limit to the way these things get extended. When you, uh, when you talk about tribunals, you're not talking about civil service commission. You're correct. You're probably talking about correct. district court. There, there is like no precedent on, on, on uh, this sort of thing, this situation. I've, I, I'm sure that we've both dug pretty deeply looking for it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm talking about 
the work comp commissioner, the courts with car wreck cases or med mal cases. These are the discovery rule cases. Yeah, I'm, I'm used much to. more familiar with the tort law context right, right, for this, right. where there's an extremely long period. period. Yeah, extremely yeah. long, unreasonably long in some cases. Right. Um, so, do we need to talk? Yeah. I, do we leave for that or? We, we could just step out. Oh, okay. Actually, I, I don't think you have the basis to go so, into the closed no. session. Oh, we don't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you'll have to have your conversation in open session. Okay. I guess my thought is uh, as I read the code section, it states that removal, discharge, demotion, or suspension of a person holding civil rights, uh, I'm sorry, civil service rights may be appealed to the Civil Service Commission within 14 calendar days after the removal, discharge, demotion, or supervision. I do question our authority to uh, have jurisdiction on this matter at this time. Based on the time that the uh, resignation was submitted as well as the time that the letter was um, filed for the appeal. Having said that, I understand uh, those circumstances. I too share the concern about the workers' compensation uh, issue, uh, but even with that, I don't know that I would have, or that we as a commission would have the authority to have jurisdiction over this matter at this time. I'm, uh, I understand the merits of, I, I can understand why you'd have a hearing on this. It sounds like the circumstances were troubling and the impact was extremely detrimental. But the rules are there for a reason, and I'm not inclined to apply a, some standard of you know, being open-ended for uh, an undefined period of time to allow uh, people to appeal. I'm inclined to, uh, what is it, we approve the motion? We grant the motion we, to dismiss. <coughs> we, that we grant the motion to dismiss. So with that, can I make a motion to dismiss the civil service complaint? Yes, you can. I, I and you may want to say because it's untimely or the reason okay. that you're... Because of the um, untimely filing of the appeal request, I make a motion to dismiss the civil service complaint. I second. We should probably get a vote on the record. So do we need to... Yeah, I think okay. so. I will call for the vote. Um, and I vote in favor of the motion to dismiss. And I do too, as well. Okay. That's everything on your agenda. Thank you. Thank you. We do thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So do you want to formally adjourn? The motion. <laughs> uh, I will motion. take. I will submit a motion to adjourn the meeting. I, I second. Okay. All in favor? Yeah. <laughs> Thank All right. you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.